back from taking my dogs for a walk i slept in till about 1 p.m i uh, got up at about 1 30 and uh got the dogs ready went out for about a six and a half kilometer walk listening to the third hyperion book i'm just finishing that one off it's it's amazing it's i tell you what it's that guy's a hell of a writer the second book takes a while to get into and the third book takes a while to get into but once you get into them you're like oh no that's crazy well, the first one was a bit like that as well. It was. It really was too. I'm not... Because you you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. What, what is what is all this technology? Yeah. What are you talking about? Fat yeah. beams and all these different things. And then you're like, oh, no, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I see what you're doing there. Oh, you're saying all this stuff 20 years before anyone else ever said it. And now it's becoming part of modern, modern life. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that game? Borderlands. Borderlands makes... References to Hyperion. I don't know if it has anything to do with the book, but Hyperion is like this. Um, uh, it's one of the manufacturers that makes guns. So when you run around the world and you you pick up a gun, um, or you can go to weapons dispensers, Hyperion is like a line of weapon that you can select. Well, and I think if if I remember correctly, they make like good rifles and stuff like that. So yeah, I think the word yeah. Hyperion is from Greek mythology. So I think it's not. One of the 12 Titan children of Gaia and Uranus, who led by Cronus overthrew their father Uranus when themselves were later thrown by the Olympians. So the name right. is so- obviously based in the mythology. I should have remembered that. I was listening to Stephen Fry's uh, retelling of the Greek myths. He's just released a sequel to that, actually. Really, really good. Have you read any of the Greek myths? No. Nah. On my, they, on my wish list. <clears throat> they're all very hard to get into, but Stephen Fry's sort of rewritten them in modern language and just released them called Mythos. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been on the um, it's pretty interesting. portable bestseller for ages, at least the last year or something. Yeah, well, when you combine um, his ability to turn any story into like a relatable story and then combine his ability to read and act and do all that, it makes it all yeah. very... It's surprising how much of that forms the basis still of our modern language and modern culture. Anyway, so I'm almost finished that third Hyperion book, Endymion, highly recommended. Very hard to get into, very worth it when you do. Yeah. What, what time been, did you go to bed? What time did I go to bed? I ended up getting to sleep around two. Getting to sleep around two. I Last night, had a bit of a long phone conversation with a friend about something, so I didn't go out with the dogs till about 10 Got back around 11, ate some dinner. Um, what do you reckon you've been averaging over the past week, sleep-wise? Oh, probably averaging seven. La- the, okay. the problem was Thursday night, I got to bed around one because of a bunch of things that were going on Thursday night. And then I had to be up, I had to be in at um, work early. I was working in a different area yesterday as an acting thing. And so I had to get up at like 6.30 and that's quite rare for me. So I only had like five and a half hours sleep. So that absolutely smashed me. So that's why I slept in so late today. 
Had about 10 hours last night though, so that was good. That is good. Yeah. Good, solid, so thick sleep. Looking at my Garmin, so for the past week I've averaged 8 hours and 20 minutes. Wow. But I have had some nights where, like Wednesday, I, I didn't get that much sleep. Like I got less than 8 hours, which is not ideal, mm. but I've made up for it. And like last night, for example, I slept nine and a half hours. When did you go to bed? Last night, early, heaps early. Jeez, it must have been, I don't know, like, uh, let's have a look, Friday night. Basically, I came home from work. I had to go into the city first. So I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. Yeah. Jesus. Eight, eight o'clock. Yeah. You're a wild but man. I, That's crazy. But I'm up early. That's so good. Um, what time did I message you? Have you got your phone there for what time I messaged you to say to do this this afternoon? I saw it this morning, I think. So I messaged that. What time did I send that? I don't know. Stupid face ID. Come on. Twenty to twenty to ten. Oh no, eight twenty-two. <clears throat> eight twenty-two. Oh, hold on. No. Two in the morning. Two twelve. Yeah, that's when I got up to go to the toilet in the middle. Of it. Like I'd been in bed. You know when you go to bed for a bit and then you wake up about half an hour later and go to the toilet and then you go back to sleep for the proper sleep. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. What what time did you get up today? What are you drinking? Are you drinking kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. 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 That's why you grimaced before. Because mm. sometimes it's a little bit tart. A little bit tart. I, I like it though. I like it. Oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't. There's, there's nothing unpleasant about it, but it, it's kind of like having some lemon juice, right? Lemon juice is nice, but mm. you know, it can make you... What do you uh, anyway, call it? So, the scoby? Scoby. Scoby. I always think of that when I think of that joke I wrote about lip worms. Have you heard of that? Have you no. heard that bit? No. Where I talk about injecting living worms into people's lips, kind of like collagen, but they move around like they're constantly moving and wriggling in their inside their lips. There's a combination of like, I have like 18 worms I've got to memorize. Like, that's um, disgusting. Oh. That's gross. They have like ringworms, tapeworms, pinworms, earthworms, hookworms, trichinosis worms, potato worms, dog worms. Oh. That's gross because it reminds me of. Uh, what Hong An's been dealing with this week one of the chickens she had a wound or something on her oh. back had like maggots and stuff growing all over it and yeah she's getting better now the, the wound's healing wow but um, yeah she was she was dying basically it was killing her damn poor chicken it's good that it's, you're able to heal it yep did you take it to the chicken doctor the vet yep the colonel Kentucky Fried Chicken yeah, people don't realize there's a, there's a section out the back where it's actually like a chicken vet and they actually look after chickens, but if they die, then they just chuck them in the fryer. Well, a lot of people don't even bother taking them to, to the vet because it costs more than than they're worth. So from a monetary standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, from an empathy humanity standpoint, it's a beautiful thing. So, what time so did you yeah. get up? <laughs> What? I think I got up at 5.30. Jesus Christ. I'd been in I'd been asleep for three hours at that point. <laughs> 5.30. And then I went for a bike ride. And then I went out for breakfast. Slow down. How far did you ride? Oh, not long. It was just a, a short, quick ride. An hour. It's about 15k. Oh, okay. Road or bike. mountain bike? Mountain bike. Yeah. Nice morning too. The weather's getting good. Then you went out for breakfast. Where? Local press, 
and uh, just with the family because it was it's Shikana, it was Shikana's birthday like two days ago. She turned sixteen, so sixteen took, took her out for brekkie because I didn't get a chance to see her during the week. Sixteen. Yeah, time flies. Um, oh, did I tell you? Yeah, in fact, I, I did because you helped me. So the, the gym I've got out in the garage now. Got loads of space. Yeah. And um, oh, it's just awesome. Rewind a bit for the listeners. When you say it's out in the garage now, where was it before? Inside the house. Up on the top floor. In the room that is now the podcasting room. Yeah. You had all the, you had a, a squat rack, an exercise bike, a bunch of different tables and benches and kettlebells and weights and bars. Yep. Swiss balls. Moved them all down with barely any assistance from me because I had a sore back at the time. Still have a bit of a sore back. It's getting better. Moved them to the new shed. Allegedly when, a sore back. Well, when you say, when you say, allegedly a sore back that I got x-rayed the other, on Tuesday, I'll tell you about that. Oh, x-rayed on Thursday. Um, let's it's got let's worse. talk about that now. It's got worse again. No, no, I just want to, when you say you've got a shed, my entire house could fit inside that shed. <laughs> so let's let's put that on um, in context. You've got enough storage there to actually um, be a warehouse for a small uh, retail chain. The the shelves we built at the back there. It's a it's it's not just a shed. I don't know what would you call it. I, I just thought of Quentin Tarantino in the uh, the Marvin scene. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh. No, let's not say that. Let's not. <laughs> oh, for those that have seen it, they'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, but anyway. yeah, yeah. It's more. It's better that way. Uh, yeah, but it's a it's a great shed with your little um cute little MX five at the back, um, Bobcat truck, all that stuff, and now you've got your weights out there in the down the far end. The far end, yeah. You got the mats all set up and everything. I got the mats laid out. The other thing that I was looking at getting was some of the the AstroTurf. So basically just getting a strip of about, I think that they come in two and three meters. Mm. I think two, two meters should be enough. And just basically set up a sled there so I can drag um, drag a sled with lots of weights on it and stuff. So just wow. functional strength training. I'll bring Camille out and she can show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah. She, you know, Malamud's pulled like one and a half tons sleds and stuff. One and a half times, yeah, like in groups of what, a dozen? No. They, they strap up? No, like a single dog. One and a half tons? Yeah. One dog? On snow, on snow. That's so how strong she what, is. I wonder what that would translate to on uh, dry ground. I don't know, but that's how strong they are. I mean, they are like their, their bones are like twice as thick and dense as normal dogs. I wonder how she'd go against a bear. She'd get killed by a bear. But against normal dogs, she's a bit of a beast. She's just a bit. I remember one time when she was 12 weeks old at the at the Charmwood Oval and there was a Great Dane there and she ran up to it and she was a little puppy, 10 kilos. And it lay down on the ground and put its nose on the ground in front of her and put its tail between its legs because she lo- it looked at her and was like, oh, where's your mum? <laughs> where's your pack? I'm worried about you are a scary thing to me. And I found that she's very intriguing. Yeah, she's a different type of dog. It's still very much a big cuddly dog. Today on the walk, she um, we went past these little kids that would have been 
at full height, they would have been standing the same height as her, like face to face, but they're on their bike with their mum. And she stopped about three meters past them because she loves kids. She loves kids so much. And she just stopped and turned around and sat and I couldn't move her. <laughs> she just decided we were waiting for the kids to come give her a pat, but they left because their mum wasn't a dog person, obviously. And um, then she eventually gave up. But she just, when she wants to dig her heels in, I can't move her at all. Because she's 50 kilos of muscle. Too strong. Yeah, and she's, yep. she's got four-wheel drive as well. I've only got two legs. She's got four. So, she's yeah, she's tough. She's a funny girl. So, you, you had breakfast. Shekinah's 16th birthday breakfast at local press down at Kingston for sure. And then, what next? Came home and did the cleaning. The cleaning involved... Done. The cleaning sounds like some kind of like metaphor for something sexual. I did the cleaning. <laughs> That's because you have a filthy mind, Chris. The world's got a nothing. filthy mind. There's seven and a half billion of us. It's not an accident. Hmm. It's not me. So the plan is to... Um, I still want to get a, a workout done this afternoon though, after the podcast. Head out over to the garage and um, do some kettlebell stuff. Oh, that's what we're saying. We need a better name for that. You can't call that a garage. That's not fair. I've got a garage and it takes one car and a few weights. And that's all it takes. It's a shed. It's a super shed. Can we call it a super shed at least? You can call it whatever you want. No, no, I want you to call it something. I need you to name it. For the Beast Monkey podcast, give it a name. The God Shed. Can we call it like... Super Shed. Yeah, Super Shed. Yeah. Or the SS. Yeah. Super Shed. Actually, there's a website, Super Shed, supershed.com.au, where they sell sheds. Awesome. Yeah, no, I've got a garage built into my house, which takes one car and a little bit of weights at the end. And I've got a shed out the back, which I can barely stand up in and holds a lawnmower. That's it. I've got power running to it now. So that was installed this week. They finished the job. Yeah. Um. So now it's just the driveway that's left. Now you can that's do ex- expensive. experiments there now too. That's mad expensive. Do you want me to do the driveway? I know how to do driveways. Hmm. Whatever you quote you get, I'll do, I'll do it for half the price. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? The, uh, I wonder what the quality would be like, Chris. The quality would be better than whatever you would get anywhere else. I think the quality would suck. I'm all about the quality. What are you talking about? Have you seen my life? It's a slow mess, but the quality is... You wouldn't want the quality to suffer. You've been training? Training as in lifting weights. Exercise, yeah. Um, I Well, I've had my sore back, so I haven't been able to do weights. I did a, I did a session of arms and shoulders, so biceps, triceps, shoulders the other day with very light weights, just going through the motions, getting the form right, and that felt okay. Um, The good thing is the doctor thinks it's not a disc problem because I can do a bunch of certain movements that would be a problem if it was a disc, but there's facet joints at the back of the back, little dovetail things that go along the back of the spine that protect the spine, but also there's a lot of little cartilage bits in there that could be missing or could be damaged. So that's why I got an x-ray to see how those facet joints are going. I've been on an anti-inflammatory called Mobic for the last five days and my back's feeling better. So I'm not sure if that's because of the anti-inflammatory or because 
it's just getting better. So I'm taking probably one last Mobic tonight and then I'm off them. So we'll see how we go. How did it happen? I just woke up two weeks ago on a Saturday morning, crippled. No, three weeks ago now. It was before Floating Moon 2. So yeah, I woke up and I was like, oh, my back. And I couldn't move. It was crippling. Nothing like a normal lower back injury I've ever had. And for two days, I pretty much just lay in bed. The first day I had to go, I sat in a hot bath for like an hour. Then I sat in a cold bath for like 45 minutes. Then I had another hot shower. And after that, I was able to move around enough to like feed the dogs and do all that stuff. But on the Sunday, I woke up and I had to get my dad to come around and bring me some Panadol because I couldn't get up. It was insane. All right, man. I thought it might have been kidneys at first. And I went to the doc, uh, not my normal doctor, because I couldn't get in in time. And she did some tests and said, no, it's not that. Because it was at the very back, middle of the back. It wasn't the lower back. So I think what it might have been is just some kind of jarring motion from my dogs. Because I worked out that I've walked them about 10,000 kilometers in their life. If you walk them an average of 3K a day, six days a week, that's like 1,000 kilometers a year and they're 10 years old. Yeah. And every little pull and jerk and movement, it all adds up, you know, over time. And there's only so much cartilage in between these all the joints. So it could be that. It could be a lot of things. It could be a pinched nerve. I don't know. It could be from all my basketball ball handling drills all over the years, you know, the wraparounds and all that stuff. Yep. That could have worn down something or damaged something. You can't, I guess you can't dismiss anything, but it's... It could also be part of the fact that I've put on about 10 kilos in the last three or four months. That can't help. I haven't been running because of my sore foot, but yeah, lots of stuff. I don't know. I had a really bad virus for about three weeks before it hurt. So maybe it's everything. I think it's a little combination of everything, but there really could just be one reason. He could be like, oh, this part of this facet joint behind this part of your back is missing cartilage and you need to do X, Y, Z, or I don't know. I don't know what the idea, I don't know what the x-rays are going to show. We'll see. I'll find out next week. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, it's good that you're moving around. Yeah. I just don't know whether you're able to do stuff. I just don't know whether it's because it's getting better or because of the medication I'm on. So fingers crossed that it's because I'm getting better. And you said they did x-rays, yeah? Yeah. X-rays on Thursday. I went to the doctor on Tuesday okay. and I've been on that Mobic ever since, uh, one a day and then, um, x-rays on Thursday. This coming Thursday? No, like two days ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just some normal back x-rays on the thoracic, which is the middle part and the something, something, which is the lower part. I don't know all the names of back regions. Medically. And then you're getting called back to have a look at the results. Yeah. I think my doctor will give me a phone call or I'll go, I'll go in the same. I think I might give him a call if I don't hear anything about Tuesday. Yeah, when, just going back a few years when I was just constantly having a, a sore back and this was before I started to get into like serious core strength training um, yeah. and it was just a result of, of cycling, right? You keep doing the same same thing all the time and in the same positions and you start to wear things out or, or at least cause pains. So I was a bit worried about my back, saw a back specialist um, and I did have... It was x-rays. I also had a an MRI done. MRI? Mm. Was it a CT scan? MRI, perhaps. Um, I think a CT like, is an MRI. I don't know. Anyway. So, 
yeah, slight calcification in the lower, the lower vertebrae, but nothing serious. Like it's just kind of normal. Yeah. So that that's kind of good. That's good. But I think there's also, I think there's an element of, of biomechanics as well involved. I think um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the proportions, of the length of my back compared to my lower body, and, and mm. when I when I twist the pelvis, it's just a bit. Yeah, I don't think it's it's quite quite as balanced as it should be. Yeah. So I think I, I I load it more than what I should. You know what you need to do? Consciously consider my posture at all times, which is a difficult thing to do. You need to start doing that yeah. movement training that Conor McGregor does with that guy. You know, all that liquid movement and getting all your balance and doing all those body weight exercises and feeling the ground beneath your feet and your toes and your, your balls of your feet and balancing and all that stuff yeah mobility stuff is good yeah i I do a lot of mobility stuff strength and flexibility yeah i always do about 30 minutes of mobility before i i lift weights lube mobility (laughs) like lube mobile (laughs) uh how the dogs going dogs are good yeah have they started their own podcast yet Oh, they're working on it. That would be so cute up in their little kennel up the top there. If you go in there and there's just like four sets of headphones, like kids versions of Dr. Dre Beats just sitting on the wall on hooks. They are shedding a lot of hair this time of year. All of them? Who sheds the most? Who sheds the least? Rocky sheds hair all year round. Um, The least is Rose and the Collies share a lot of, especially Max. Yeah. Sheds a lot of hair. So, yeah, I mean the last couple of hours cleaning up the house was this freaking hair everywhere would you say rocky super sheds max oh max super sheds in the super sheds in the super shed <laughs> that's pretty um camille's not shedding right now which is good she went through a massive shed about two months ago and there was hair everywhere it was like tumble i'd, I'd vacuum and then the next morning i'd get up and it would look like a wild west town with the tumbleweeds going down the hallway <laughs> Just mind-blowing how much hair that girl loses. So cute. Such a cutie pie. Oh, let me give you an update on Camille. Took her to the vet three months ago. I'd say it's three months ago. And she had a limp. And I thought it was from like a trauma injury, like she'd hurt a joint or something. And they said, no, she's actually, that's arthritis. And she's got arthritis in all her joints. And you're going to have to start putting her on medication. We'll book her in for three injections over six weeks. And she's on the downhill run. And I went, hmm, I don't know if that's right. And so I took her off any dry food. She was on only a minimal amount of dry food, but now she's on 100% wet food. So she gets kangaroo, all human grade, like stuff that we can eat, like kangaroo mints, chicken legs or wings, chicken hearts, chicken livers, chicken lungs. And that's all she eats. So you put her on the carnivore diet? Well, she's already, I mean, they're meant to only eat that anyway, but she's completely off dry stuff. She immediately lost four kilos of fat and got Hashtag down to 45. Vegan dog. Yeah, down to 45 kilos, right? She's happier and brighter. Her coat has changed. It's now softer than it has been since she was a puppy. She's bouncy. She's running again, running really fast again on walks. No limit. No limitations in her movement. Jumping up on the bed when she's being naughty, like she gets a cheeky look on her face again, like she was little and runs past me and jumps up onto the bed. She's doing 
all this crazy stuff in a very limited amount of time. So I put Gorman on that too. No dry bits at all now. And they've just both lost. They both lo- He lost two kilos and she lost four kilos within like a month. And Here's a question. And they've stayed it that way. Did the vet ask you what she was eating? No. If she'd been sleeping well or exercising? <laughs> the vet asked if she was running her own dog, po- dog podcast. Camille would run a podcast. It'd just be her going, roll, 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 roll. Ooh, like that. So according to, just looking at this website here, dogs are carnivores and are meant to eat a meat food diet with zero carbohydrates. Yeah. Now, that dry food, pretty sure, comes with a lot of carbs in it. Well, check this out though. The dry food I had them on wasn't the normal dry food or even the expensive dry food. It was vet-only keto dry food, which was for weight loss, which was all fat and protein. No carbs at all. And that still was bad for them. So that got her down to where she was at. She had been up to 60 kilos with her thyroid condition. She's currently still on thyroxine and she gets tested every blood test every six months to make sure that the medicine's working properly. But she lost like 10 kilos when she got on that thyroxine. But yeah, she's lost this last four getting on 100% off the processed stuff. I think there's preser- it's preservatives, it's a bunch of other stuff. There has, there has to be. Yeah. It's a packaged product that sits yeah. on shelves. But that stuff was $160 for 12 kilos. Yeah. And it stank. Like, you know, normal dog food smells a bit. This stuff mm. was so fresh and it was sealed in a different way. It was a good quality as far as dry stuff goes, but compared to actual real food, there's no contest. And Did you it, try it? Have I tried it? No. Yeah. I mean, I shelve a bit of it every morning, but um, with a funnel. But other than that, I don't really do any. Yeah. Interesting. We're doing the dog health episode. You know, we always said we should do a dog health special about hair and food. The the listeners have been calling out for it for for years now. We're finally, <laughs> doing a bit of research and doing the dog health special. I actually remember when we took uh we took the collies to the vet and. The lady was like, oh, yeah, you know, they look really healthy. And what are you feeding them? And we're like, yeah, we just feed them like raw meat. Mm. They just mostly eat meat. Occasionally a bit of fruit and, and some veggies. And she's like, oh, no, you got to get them onto like dry food as well. And Because they make just, money. They get paid. Vets yeah, get paid to, to recommend that. Yeah. It's no different to, to human health and, you know, the pushing pharmaceutical drugs onto the population. Check this out. So, you know, imagine you go to your GP and say, I'm cutting carbohydrates out and I'm only having proteins and fats. Most GPs would say what? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Definitely what? Good or bad? I think they'd freak out. Yeah, freak out, right? They'd they'd tell you how bad it is. A year ago, I went to my GP who used to be the head of the GPs in all of Canberra, like the head of the union and all that stuff. Really good guy who I've been seeing my whole life. A year ago, he said, well, it's very interesting that a few years ago, we would have said no to that. But um, I actually am very convinced by a lot of the stuff that's coming out and a lot of the articles and all that. And he told me to look up a guy called Professor Tim Noakes from South Africa, who has reversed his own diabetes by going on a low-carb, high-fat diet. And so I was like, because I've been on it for a year and and we did cholesterol testing and all that stuff like that. And it was all perfect. And I spoke to him again a year later again, or 10 months later again. And he said, 
I am a full convert now. There's more and more stuff's coming out that low carb, high fat is the way to go. And I think you should keep it up. It's definitely, he gave me another recommendation about the 5-2 diet book, the updated version of that, which has a lot more information on it by Michael Mosley. Yeah. Talking about the fasting, the intermittent fasting, which I do also. But he, um, yeah, he was saying that's, that's, so I'm, that's becoming mainstream medicine. I'm absolutely convinced that for the average person who just lives an average lifestyle, there's nothing better than low carb. Because it, in my head, it just makes logical sense. You, 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 you're consuming the wrong types of energies. Where it gets tricky is if you play sports and depending on the demands of that sports, that's when meal timing and specific meals and how many carbs versus you know all the macros and stuff like that, that's where it starts to get more, more complicated to be able to perform, I guess, optimally. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But as far as an average diet is concerned, if you want a you know a, a healthy healthy diet that's going to give you sustained levels of energy throughout the day, you can sleep well, not put excess excess weight on. Low carb is I'm convinced is the way to go. Inflammation and yeah, all the other well, things that come with that. Inflammation's a big part, yeah. Are you on fish oil right now? I am. I'm actually trying a new product which is I get a lot of stuff from Optimoz. So, yeah, no, I, I feel really good, actually. Are you a lot of it has dogs to do on with... fish oil? <laughs> I actually, I don't think they eat fish at all. Hong Kong just feeds them red meat. Yeah, because apparently, like, Camille goes crazy for fish, and that makes sense, being from Alaska. But um, I haven't been putting them on fish oil tablets, but we used to put a, chuck a couple of fish oil tablets in their, in their meals, and it's probably not a bad idea. To get them back on that, just chuck in a tablet, two couple of tabs, because they'll smash them. They don't care. They're like, "What's this? Chomp, chomp, chomp." Hmm. Um, very interesting. Very. Interesting. So the the stuff that I'm taking right now. Let's have a look at the specific details. So I take two tablets, and you get in one. This website running so damn slow. Are you on the two thousand, two thousand like these? Yeah, I've got I've got that stuff, but I'm not not convinced. And I'm not convinced that that stuff is that great quality, the Nature Zone, because of what I was listening to on um. Oh yeah, it's probably not. It's probably not. It's it's just shit. Yeah. Um, so the stuff that I'm using right now, this freaking website would work. Comes with. 800 milligrams of omega-3. Yeah. Minimum of 300 EPA and 500 DHA per serving. Yeah. So that's two tablets and just once a day. Where do you get that from? Optimoz.com.au. Optimoz. So, and they, they grow the algae, um, you know, pharmaceutical grade aquafarm free of pollutants. So, yeah. Oh, so that's not from fish. Krill. Krill. Uh. And algae. So, so algae, sorry, krill and fish they don't make don't make omega-3, but algae does. And this has got the combination of the two. Okay. Can you send me the link for that? And we'll maybe put it up on the website? Yep. Are they one of our sponsors? I think they are. <laughs> What's the website? 
Optimus. I should actually talk to them about it. Optimus, yeah. Give them a, yeah, give I them have... a call and say, hey, um, we're going to do a review. Get us some fish oil tablets. Some well, I've done, I've done reviews on their products before. Yeah. And, and um, earlier this year, I actually sat down and did a proper review. Yeah. And um, the guy who runs his business, his name is Canal. He gave me a $100 voucher. So, like, my next next order was discounted by $100. Wow. It's funny. We're only about 49,950 listeners away from hitting that top <laughs> top advertising bracket. Um, but, yeah. So, we're pretty close. Pretty close to getting some... Um, some I pretty much just want to advertise stuff I'm about to buy. Like I'd like to do an ad for um, a Suzuki Swift that I can then put on coilovers, like the new one. Have you seen the new one? The new Swift? The new Suzuki Swift Sport. It looks great. It's down to 950 kilos. And they've put a turbo, a 1.4 liter turbo versus a 1.6 liter naturally aspirated. So it would be... um, Pretty cool getting one of those, chucking some coilovers on it, some better brakes and uh, an exhaust and pumping up that turbo up to about 140 kilowatts. It'd be crazy. And they're not that expensive either, are they? Uh, I mean, they're listed at 26 or something, but you'd probably get them for 22 as a, as a drive away, like a run, run out sale. So very affordable. So yeah, 27,990. For a new car, it's pretty affordable, yeah. 1.4 liter turbo, turbo engine and it's got like it's it's overall max power isn't huge because of emissions but it's torque is 230 which is pretty good like for reference i think the mx5's torque is about 200 same as the um so it so is the what's the toyota that's Camry. like that's like yours no the toyota that's like yours yeah. 86 yours and the 86 oh, yeah. have about 200 210 torque um, the, the Swift has got 230, but less overall power because it hasn't got that. It's only got a smaller capacity at 1.4. So the overall power isn't higher, but I'm sure if you tuned it and put an exhaust on it, apparently it's quite restricted for emissions. So all you have to do is mess that up a bit. It's not the best looking car. It doesn't look too bad. It's a good sleeper. I reckon in the right color. What color are you looking at? So they're advertising the yellow one here, but just scrolling down their website, you can change the color. So there's blue, gray, pearl, black pearl would probably look okay. I think the the silver, the silver would probably keen to hear what the listeners, anyone listening, thinks of the new Suzuki Swift tuned. As far as is there any car that is more of a sleeper? Because everyone's got a Suzuki Swift. Not many have the Sport, but not many with the Sport are getting it tuned. So if you had 150 kilowatt with better brakes and springs and a few roll bars in it, you could have at 950 kilos, that's an absolute monster that looks normal. It just looks like every other car out there. Because, yeah, the Silver, the Silver is the one. That's, that's the one. Have you seen that? No. Check that. For some no. reason, that's a. Re- I don't like silver usually, but that's a really good with the way they ha- they that, do their doors. That looks like a kind of like a, a, a aircraft aluminium type. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Color. Yeah, see that? Yeah, it's a different kind of. It's a different look. Interesting. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm not in, in market for a new car at all. I'm planning to drive the Colt Rally out for the next 10 years, but I can't stop my mind from wondering. I think it's from pre-programming because dad got that Starion before I turned, when I was like five. So that's ingrained into my, my brain. I can't get rid of that thought. The whole idea of the sports car, it's just ingrained into my, yeah, my pre-seven-year-old brain. 100 kilowatts. 103 kilowatts. Yeah. But at nine 950 kilos, that's um that's still more than one to one. This is a shitty website, I'll tell you that. Is that the actual the actual website? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I think if that- you get the Fiesta or the, the, the Polo or any of those little cars, they all look like sports cars and they're kind of like too loud. So according to this curb weight, 970 for a manual. Okay. Gross, gross vehicle weight is 1,400 kilos. Oh, that's just like fully, like if it's what, five, five, it's the maximum it can take. Like 500 kilo passengers or something or 80 kilo passengers. I have no idea what that means. Like the gross weight on yours would be not much because it's only got two seats. So, okay, sense? so the gross the gross vehicle weight rating or gross vehicle mass is the maximum operating weight mass of the vehicle as specified by the manufacturer, including the vehicle's chassis, body, engine, engine fluids, fuel accessories, driver, passengers, and cargo, but excluding that of any trailers. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, either way, I think it's a fun little, fun little sports car. Probably not this one because it's the first. Probably not this year's because it's the first of the new body type. But maybe the next year or the year after when they change the wheels again, would be the um, the one to go for. Not in the white though. I'm not a big fan of the white. The blue. So that's definitely a cheap, affordable sports car. Yeah. Let's call it a sports car. It's a sports car, yeah. It was faster than the um, the Clio when they did a track test recently. It's a definite sports car. It's a go car. Oh, the, the Clios have been shit ever since. You know the one that I had. That was that the last, was the good, last good, one. good one. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, they're still quick. They're still oh, they're quick. quick. They're just boring. They're boring. But what I'm saying is, they did a some website did some track testing, and this was faster around the track. This is the most hardcore of these that they've had. And it was, it's got a little, yeah, it's got a little boost gauge and all that stuff. But it hasn't got any of those like adjustable suspensions or anything. It's just always hardcore. I, I'm really, I really like that Hyundai i30, i30N. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The 200 kilowatt front wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah, it looks amazing, awesome. doesn't it? In that gray... Mm. Yeah, it's a really cool little sleeper as well. I'm a big fan of that one. What did your dad end up getting? He hasn't got anything yet. He ended up uh, getting the... We weren't happy with anything. He drove the WRX and it felt like an absolute... Like it was in mud compared... Because he's got a... His, his Lancer Rally Art was tuned up to being like 300 kilowatts. Yeah. So at 300 kilowatts with $2,000 coilovers in it, that was basically... 
like spec wise it reads very similar to the um to, to your audi obviously it's got none of the luxury it's like driving a um a wheelie bin with that much power but it's an all-wheel drive twin clutch that he just needs to get the clutch fixed so he's had it up at um mtr mrt in sydney getting the clutch fixed and they're taking forever it's been up there for almost two months and he's currently got their loan car he's had their loan car for like six weeks or something what did they give him uh a little i think it's a kia rio a little kia rio manual they said, here, take this, because he went up there to pick it up, and they said, I'm really sorry, we just gave it our final test drive this morning, and it threw an error, so we're re-gluing the magnet and changing a bunch of stuff, and that was almost six weeks ago. He's had their little Kia Rio buzzing around town. <laughs> it's pretty, he doesn't care, he's got a car, but um, it's costing like 10 grand. Hmm. So he's not very happy. He thought it was going to be like six or seven, and then he would have the car in good shape and it's just the price has gone up 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 and he's not happy but if it ends up working out for another three or four years that's better than dropping 45 on a car he doesn't want because he found all the car all the sports cars he could get for the mid 40s which was his price limit he didn't want to pay more were just so slow compared to what he was used to driving yeah so because it's an evo 10 engine with an evo 9 drivetrain the rally art so it's a hell of a car so a workmate just bought a 2012 Audi RS5. Yeah. With, I think it had just under 60,000 Ks on it. That's a twin absolute, turbo V8? Twin turbo V8 in absolute mint condition. 400 kilowatts or three, 340 kilowatts or something? Uh, it's, it's closer to 400, I think. Yeah. Um, he got it for 50 grand. And 10 grand a year on servicing. <laughs> Well, actually, I'm I'm up for brakes on the Audi. They're not they're not cheap. No, they're not. It they cost co- more than my car doesn't. would cost to replace. So, <laughs> yeah. So the front front rotors, it's it's about just over three grand. Three grand installed. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's rotors and pads. That's wild, dude. That's uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it's so expensive. Well, you get what you pay. It for. is, but they're really really good brakes. Well, it's so. a sport, it's a supercar. <laughs> it's a supercar. It's not a hypercar, but that's a supercar. It's 300 kilowatt all-wheel drive. Luxury, you know, what do you call it, you know? What, you mean the RS3? Yeah. Hyperhatch. Super, supercar. Hyperhatch is what they call them. They can call it that yeah. if they want, but I'm just saying it's faster than the 80s Lamborghinis and, um, and Ferraris were. Mm. It's got as much power and it's fast and it's, and it's better handling. It is, it isn't is a it? Cool car, like yeah. It's just incredibly easy to drive. Like it's essentially it's the luxury of like a luxury car with the performance of a tuned Evo Ten. You know, it's wild. It's a wild vehicle. Yeah. It is a very nice car, and Hongan gets to drive it every day. I only get to drive it on the weekends. Get to? I think you've got a more fun car to drive. You got a, a slower more fun car to drive how is the mx5 going the limited edition are you getting better and better at it you can just throw that thing around corners it's yeah. so much fun it's you, a lot of fun does the back come and, out um only if you switch off the traction control ah, okay yeah are you getting so, used to the ride height and all that stuff you're totally comfortable yeah, yeah. with it now yeah absolutely yeah. i'll tell you what though if you were any taller than me and you are i don't think it would be very comfortable 
getting in and out of that thing every day. Yeah. I reckon I could manage, but it was pretty tight when I took it for a drive that time. That's why I had to get rid of the Starion when I did. I was just too big for it. Hmm. Like it was fine for my dad because he's 5'9", but... I think it's it's built for a small Japanese man. Yeah. Optimized for a small Japanese man. Yeah. Yeah, great car. Um, Now with the weather, you know, being pretty good, I drive it with the top down most days. It's fantastic. Well, that's good because you drive in in the morning and drive home at night. So you're not in the sunshine. You're not going to get burnt. It's perfect for that. I'm waiting for a speeding ticket, but this is going back about three weeks, which means I should have had it by now. No, sometimes they they take up to six weeks to get to you with them. They take a while. So, yeah, I was going pretty fast. <laughs> How fast? Uh, I was doing 120 in an 80 zone. Oh, well, hopefully the camera was broken or you were going so fast it blurred the the visual. Well, I, I hid behind another car and I, and I slowed down. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe I got away with it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, those cameras are just cameras. Like they're good, but you try and take a camera of a car going 120 kilometers an hour and then telling you what the um, what the what the license plate is. They can only do it if they can do it, you know. Mm. And the amount of time they spend reviewing it. If your ticket's six hundred dollars, but they spend four hours processing it with two different people, that's their wages. Or like they can, you know what I, I mean? I don't even know if they bother. That's what that. I mean. I think it's it's fully automated. That's what I'm saying. So they've got a, the idea of having to go back to it. The camera tries to read it out and identify it. If they can't get it, they can't get it. Technology is good, but there's limitations, I think. So what are you reading right now? Um, finishing off 48 Laws of Power. Oh, you're still on that one? It's a long book, dude. It is a long book. And I've been doing a lot of podcasting the past month, so... Ah, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, th- these days my routine is I do I do the audible books when I do my morning walks or or jogs with yeah. the dogs. Yeah. Cuz I can actually, you know, focus. I'm pretty sharp in the mornings and and absorb that. Um and it's just a good thing to sort of listen to when you're running. Yeah. And you get into a bit of a, a bit of a rhythm. Um and then I in on the in the car I do podcasts uh or on the bike I do the podcasts yeah. as well. So Joe Rogan, Ben Greenfields, um, uh, History on Fire are the, probably the main ones that I do. Yeah, Ben oh, Greenfields has been pretty good lately. I had one I wanted to recommend to you. Simon Pegg just got interviewed on the Adam Buxton podcast. A British, a British comedian called Adam Buxton does an interview one. It's very, very good. I think it's one of my favorites, but he interviewed Simon Pegg last week. Very interesting. Very interesting. You remember that big train skit about wanking in the office? <laughs> no you remember where one big, big big train was fucking awesome such a great skit show such a good show there's that yeah. one skit where one of the boss comes in and goes we're gonna have to stop wanking in the office yes yes i do and he's like I do. what and then the guy behind holds up two pieces of paper and they're stuck together and he's like these are the the figures from february and it is you that kind of thing and he's just complaining. Uh, hong an. it took, hong an even laughed at that one yeah that's such a great one you know what's funny on the interview adam buxton goes Oh, Simon Pegg goes, yeah, you wrote that one, didn't you? And Adam Buxton apparently was, this guy was a, an, a guest, like he was one of the, write, the extra writers because they always get additional sketches from other people over at BBC and all that. And he actually wrote it. So it turns out that one of the best skits, he wrote that one and he wrote the, do you remember the one about Hall and Oates 
in a little mini documentary in the ghetto in England in like the projects? No. Oh, okay. And they're trying no. to bring the West Coast lifestyle to the poor people in England and bring them shades and stuff to wear. <laughs> and um, it's pretty funny. If you look it up, it's pretty funny. They have one of my favorite quotes of all time of the right, one of the creators of Big Train is yelling. He's playing a policeman and he's yelling at the head of the police who brought in these uh, Hall and Oates musicians from 70s in California. And he's like, what do they do? Which out of context is not funny at all. But if you look up the Hall and Oates Big Train sketch, it's very funny. And so is the wanking in the office one. Anyway, highly recommended. Simon Pegg on the Adam Buxton podcast. Very interesting. Adam Buxton. Adam okay. Buxton. B-U-X-T-O-N. He's actually half Chilean. Adam Buxton. Adam Buxton. His dad's British. His mum's Chilean. And so he's got a bit of that. If you look at it, look him up, you can see it. You can see the, the, half, oh, he... the halfness in him. But he's very funny. He's in little roles in movies like Hot Fuzz and guest episodes on um, IT Crowd and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at his wiki page now. Yeah. You can see what I'm talking about, hey? Yep, yep. He's got a little the little bit of that South American to him, but also yeah, British. He's, he's, a, he's an interesting character. Very funny, but also quite unassuming. He makes his guests laugh a lot. Like, he says things, then they just crack up, which is quite, quite amusing, like disarmingly funny. That um, I don't know if you've heard Greenfields with uh, he's got another uh, colleague of his that he does regular podcasts with, and I haven't heard any of Greenfields. Give me a recommendation for a good one. You haven't heard any Greenfield stuff. I've heard him on Rogan, but that's it. Really? Yep. Just um, subscribe and just take your pick. But I want to I want to topics. I've got so many. I just want you to pick me a good one. I'll I'll give you that Simon Pegg recommendation, and you give me one. So the last one that I that I really enjoyed, yeah, was the one with. Hold on, let me look for it. They spoke about intermittent fasting, and and one of the things that I took away from that, where is it? Uh, that's not it. I'll I'll email it to you. But basically, they had this um this guy who's done a lot of research into intermittent fasting and. You know, his recommendation is eight hours. Eight hours is, is optimal. So um, eight hours, like you eat in an eight hour window and then you don't eat for correct. 16? Yeah. Correct. So what I've been trying since listening to that is is not doing any triglycerides with my coffee during the fasting period because normally I do MCT oil and get So you that. just have a black coffee and that... So was that the secrets well, of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine diet? That yeah, that's it. Okay, that's I'll it. get that one. That's the one. Have a listen to that. I think you'll like it. So, I mean, 12, 12 is good too, but you get more benefits from, from doing the eight hours. I'm still convinced, and I've never heard anyone talk about this, that if you make your eight hours your a late dinner and an early breakfast and don't eat all day, that that's the best way to do it. No one does that. Everyone does it by, having, by eating at midday and then at eight o'clock. But well, I'm, if I have a late dinner... I, I struggle to get to sleep. I think what you're doing might be good for your crazy um, hours. Yeah. I think it might be good for that. Or but if you're like a night owl. Me, if you're a night owl. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to yeah. have that stuff when... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I struggle to sleep properly if I have a late dinner. I try to have an early dinner. So 
I can yeah. digest everything and not feel so bloated. Yeah. <clears throat> well, maybe if you're bloated from eating, you're eating the wrong things. It's bloated is the wrong word. It's just full, having a full stomach. Yeah. yeah. I would love though, because I reckon, it, I, I honestly think that's just getting used to it. I would love to put you on a, a trial of the eat before bed, eat as soon as you get up test and see if after six weeks how you felt i used to do that i did that for years before i started doing intermittent fasting that's what i used to do but i mean not I'm eating never... all day though my point being if you get eat at 6 a.m or eat at 5 30 when you get up your full breakfast and then you don't eat until just before like an half an hour before bed that night so you go your whole day with no food mm. Mm. yeah i mean fasting's good yeah Doing that every now and then, I think, is, is probably a good thing. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I I want to... I just want other people to try e- it. I want to ease in into... Well, no, you listen to that podcast and I'll talk about it. There's people who like will will deliberately do fasts like three days a week where they, they do that. Yeah. They don't eat yeah. anything. Yeah. They just drink water. And then then they'll have like one day a week where they'll, they'll just eat heaps. Yeah. So, yeah, changing the timing of it has all sorts of weird and interesting effects well it's funny how it works because i ate dinner at like 11 o'clock last night and then i didn't eat again until 3 30 this afternoon and i didn't feel hungry at all and that's a solid 16 17 hours but you're on low carb oh to an extent like i still eat a decent amount of fruit i'm not i'm not super strict on that they tell you to cut down your fruits i eat a stack of dates blueberries and i eat a stack of dates and berries and occasionally smash the sweet potato and all that. And that doesn't take me out of it at all. I eat a lot of like green veggies as well, like the broccolis and the zucchini and. Well, all that stuff's fine. It is, but I eat a lot I... of it. I don't eat, I don't follow the, the things with that. And so maybe that's why I put on weight easily. I don't know. I do need to exercise a lot to stay. I am getting more serious again, though. I bought a bunch of chia seeds and um, cacao powder, and I'm trying to get my smoothies back to how they used to be with, like, um, asparagus, putting asparagus and, and organic carrots and blueberries and chia seeds and cacao with my spinach and beetroot and get all that stuff in there, not just the basic ones, plus a handful of almonds and walnuts. I need to get a bigger smoothie maker, to be honest. I can't fit everything in there. Get a get a ninja. Ninjas are good. Yeah, I've heard they're good. I thought about the blend tech ones as well. Go to JB. They had them all. Well, lined up. yeah, they've also they got occasionally at um, Costco. They have really really good deals. They'll have ones that are everywhere else for about two or three hundred dollars less. Yeah, ninja ninja is one of these ones that is a bit sort of trendy, and 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 they some places will just jack up the price. Yeah, and and then you can get it like mad cheap. Yeah, um, so probably when yeah. I get my tax back. One of the things I'm doing definitely after I pay off all my ridiculous debts that I've built up from putting on these comedy shows is obviously the cycling shoes, which is still on the agenda, <laughs> and, a, and a blender. Just dropped $500 the other day on registration for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. <gasps> so hopefully can, can we, that gets can we put the, Can we come back to that in a second? Yeah, we can. Because while we were talking about food... I'm all over the shop. <laughs> I... I wanted to talk about these cave, cave foods, protein bars. Now, I normally don't do protein bars because anything that's processed and 
yeah and they're normally just full of sugar and nasty shit yeah but from optimize i tried a product that they have and and the ratio of, of fats to protein so it's it's got more fat than protein and like minimal carbs you know what else has got more fat than protein your mom anyway go on <laughs> So yeah, 11 grams of protein, 17 grams of fat, and 11 grams of carbohydrates, depending on, on the flavor. Um, but bloody hell, they're yummy. They are so good. And it's got like heaps of cacao butter in it, and oh, coconut yeah. oil, yeah. and just yeah, nuts. It's just delicious. And beetroot, beetroot cinnamon? Has it got any beetroot cinnamon in it? No beetroot cinnamon. And uh, walnut powder? Maybe. And pineapple. I, I don't know what's going on this pineapple. website. I, I, I can't bring up any of the info. It just it's just dead links. Anyway, I love. I've been putting watermelon butter in my um, smoothie lately. It's been crazy. Watermelon butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watermelon butter. You know, like they just they um they take all the cream off the top of the watermelon and they they blend it for about fifteen hours and it turns it into butter. The little mouse that fell into watermelon. He turned that Juice. watermelon so hard it turned into watermelon butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, two mouse, they gave up, drowned. Third mouse, he kicked his little legs so hard, he turned that watermelon into butter. As of today, that, that little mouse, that third mouse, is me. You should do one of your stand-up shows as... Muhammad Ali Will Smith as, <laughs> as Will as Smith Muhammad as Muhammad Ali. Ali I was trying to do Christopher Walken then in Catch Me If You Can uh, doing I need to watch that Ali film again I've got a feeling that impersonation would not have the audience that it might have had 15 years ago when that film came out when he's talking about ants or whatever he's talking about I can't even remember the impersonation it was fun though it was fun. Watch the movie. You know what's funny? Watch it again. I don't do impersonations or voices at all on stage. You know how that's one of the things I always do in real life to try and be funny? I guess Some guys get so good at it. It's crazy. Yeah, they do. I, I love it. I love watching guys who just, you know, perfect that. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a funny thing to do. I'd love to do it more within a story. Like, I think I do voices a bit within stories, but... I don't want to do an impersonation for the sake of an impersonation. I'd love to be more like, oh, and then someone came along and then just accidentally pull out a perfect rendition of their voice. That'd be quite amusing. Let's talk about this Melbourne show then. Yeah. So me and another Canberra comedian, James McMahon, the very funny James McMahon, who was a Raw National Final down at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. He won ACT Raw Comedy a couple of years back. We're going to go down and do a split bill. Uh, we've booked the Fad Gallery Bar in Melbourne CDB, 7 p.m. every night, six days, well, six days a week, no, no Mondays, for the third and the fourth week of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So we're still waiting for final approval, but we've submitted and registered. So unless they reject it, I don't think they reject them. I don't know. I can't think of anything in the application they wouldn't like. So... And we've paid. You got to pay for that, yeah. We've paid our five hundred and twenty-five rego, and that gets us in all the brochures and booklets and website, and the ticketing gets done through Melbourne International Comedy Festival's website. And then we've just got to promo the hell out of it. So we need to start having meetings about that, and 
really look into how we can get that get exposure out there. I've got a an idea of maybe getting a couple thousand postcard size um, flyers and getting down to all the bars and clubs in Melbourne about six weeks before the comedy festival starts up or a month before it starts up and just you know in cafes how they've got those little areas where they've got little flyers and all that just putting so wait a minute stacks of those uh, there and all that yeah so I'm, I'm reading the website and it says apart from write and perform your show so these the question is so what do you need to do to have a show on the festival yeah you will also need to produce your show or yeah. hire a producer the festival doesn't produce local artists however we do produce the special events for the gala blah 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 blah. yes producing a show involves everything from organizing venue hire marketing yep. and publicity travel and accommodation yep. sourcing props yep. and equipment budgeting ticketing obtaining insurance and licenses and much much more yeah as part of your registration the festival provides information packs and workshops to assist you but it is up to you to make it happen yeah Hundred percent. That's crazy. So we've got twelve. We're going to have twelve shows on. The room that we've got holds eighty people, and uh, where I think we need to sell fifteen, an average of fifteen tickets a show to break even. No, probably sixteen if we consider the rego fee. Um, maybe, maybe even. I think if we if we aimed if we it, it'd be amazing if we can sell a lot of tickets. But if we can sell just a few, just get a few people in, that'll be fun. And if no one shows up, it'll also be funny, but not quite as successful. I don't know. It's all learning. Um, you got to get in there and you got to be in it. So you got to see how you go and learn what to do, what not to do. Raf's going to be producing it. Um, Raf will be the producer. And uh, hi, Raf. Um, how are you? <laughs> Listening in. <laughs> uh, we're still uh, working out what we're going to do. But yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. I want to, if I'm going down to do 25 minutes, I want to have 50 minutes of material ready to go. So if stuff's not working, I can switch over to do other stuff and work the crowd more, be more conversational. I think you learn a lot doing 12 shows in 14 nights or 13 nights or whatever. So I don't know. Hopefully we can get people showing up. It's in the, you know, it'll be in the program. Hopefully we can market it and make it something that people want to see. Anyone who's listening, if you're in Melbourne during the Comedy Festival, come along and see the show. It's uh, Chris Smileton and James McMahon in... The show's called 1960s Sunshine Comedy with uh, the tagline of we're the Beach Boys of stand-up comedy. Um, there's going to be no other, no other references, I don't think, to actual Beach Boys or anything Sunshine-related during the show. But that's just the, the angle we're going for. Are you going to be in Melbourne during that time? Maybe come down and check out the show, Joe? Possibly. That'd Possibly. Be, my, my cousin my cousin arrives from Chile this coming Thursday yeah. and the plan is to go to you know, Melbourne and Sydney and stuff like that to show him around. Well, this is next April. So maybe. Isn't this in Feb? No, April. March end, uh, ends, it starts at the end of March and goes through to the 21st of April. So we'll be there from the 9th till the 21st oh, of April. Oh, shit. Sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. It says full full program available the 12th of Feb. Yeah. No, this starts. Yes. We'll be there from the 9th. Our opening show will be a preview on the 9th going through to the 21st. Yeah. $15 tickets, 12 for students or $10 on Cheap Tuesday or $10 on the preview night. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can get someone along to review Hopefully we can get, uh, we'll contact all the major news outlets, try and get some interviews down there, try and get some promotion, see what we can do. We might even try and get, uh, yeah, just get in touch with anyone in Melbourne, talk to Ultry. I might even, um, Ultry, what's up? Ask him what he, he thinks about it all. It's been great having him come along and check out the show. 
yeah, just do anything and everything we can to get it out there. Um, get people to come along and watch. Watch us tell our silly stories, our long, long form silly stories that I think are quite funny and hopefully other people do too, with a few little silly jokes along the way. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. It'll be, uh, it's exciting and it's scary. But what in life isn't worth it that isn't exciting and scary? That is very true. What are you up to this evening, Joe? After, well, after this. After this, I am going to maybe do some weight training. You're going to weight some lifts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Down in the super shed? And have dinner and then go to bed early. What's for dinner? Pork belly. Pork? Pork belly. Look at pork you. Pork belly. Look at you eating pork belly. What I'm going to do is I think I've got a, a friend of mine has invited me to come along and watch the new Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, part two, with Johnny Depp and Jude Law um, with his lewd jaw at 7 p.m. at Dendi. And then um, I haven't told this person yet, but after that happens, I'm going to try and get us to go to another movie directly afterwards. <laughs> Probably, probably a um, a Tamil film at uh, Manika, or possibly a Russian film festival film at Manika. Even if we miss a little bit of the beginning of it, there's quite a few films out. There's also oh, there's one. Oh, maybe that one's not playing anymore. Maybe that's playing tomorrow. Uh, there's one at Hoyts. That looks amazing. Have a look at the trailer. Can you pull up the trailer and just give me your immediate feedback? I'll tell you the name of the film. Hold on. And I want all no, the. I'm actually looking at um. Uh, First Man. What's that? That looks interesting. Oh no, God! Ryan Reynolds on the moon. Fucking kill me. Oh. Ryan Reynolds. No, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I mean, Ryan Reynolds would be fun. Ryan Ryan Gosling on the moon is like, I would rather lose an inch off my length. Then, um, I might that. go watch that. Looks interesting. Oh, yeah. So check out the trailer right now of a movie called Thugs of Hindostan. Or Hindostan, sorry. I'm going to pull the trailer up now and watch it with you. I'm going to turn the sound down. Thugs of Hindostan. Are you watching it? Yes. You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. I'm 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 intrigued by these other movies. The, but you the haven't even you're not even going to look at the trailer. This is set later. in 1795. Look at this. Can you see this? Yes, that's the Tamil movie, is it? No, no, this isn't the Tamil movie. This is a Hindi movie. This is the biggest film of the year. It's a period piece set around Indian pirates back when India was called Hindustan when the British took over. And it's set around this pirate who's played by Amir Khan. Look at that, dude. This Amir is Amir Khan, really. Can you look at it? His name's Amir Khan. Yeah, he's almost. Yeah, he's 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 amazing. Can you not see the, that? Not the boxer. Can you see it? Not the boxer. He's way more famous than the boxer. Are you looking at this trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, it looks. Where's am- that at? That's at Hoyts. Um, it's playing a lot on the on the extreme screen. This is the biggest film of the year. Like probably not many films in, from anywhere in the world are going to get watched more than this gets watched this year. 
because there's 1.4 billion people in India and they're all going to be watching this multiple times. It's a bit of an epic, it's an epic, epic film. I wonder why they released that now. Is, is, is it because of Brexit? What do you mean released it now? This is the big time for them. This is like a, a holiday type time. I can't remember. What do they have at the end of November? I mean, the beginning of November, the end of October, beginning of November. It's a, what's the name of that holiday? Is it Holly? Oh, what's the name of it? No, not Holly. Holly is the Christmas. I don't. Can you look up what Indian holiday is at the end of October? Hollywood. No. Ah, oh, this is good. Anyway, check it out. Everyone listening, check out Thugs of Hindustan. Um, Indian holidays. October. Hindustan. 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 Yeah. Indian holidays. I always forget the names of them. Public holidays in India. I don't want to guess wrong. National holidays. Here we go. To three national holidays, religious holidays. Here we go. What have we got? The reviews are rubbish, unfortunately. Uh, the reviews are all... Are they the Indian reviews or the Western reviews? Times of India. And is yeah, the it, Indian reviews. Is it in, in English? Cause yes. Because you, you can't trust that. Because those are just fed out there for us to, us to read to not go watch it. I've seen reviews of Indian films which have been amazing and the, the reviews written in English go, everyone hates this. And then it's like the highest grossing film in Indian film history. It's not doing well in the box office in India. Yeah, it's it's flopped, unfortunately. Look, it might, might still be a good movie, but when... To know. be honest, I haven't seen it. I just know the actor and it is a beast. So um, at least check out the trailer. At least check out the trailer. Um, you might see some subpar computer graphics and some decent acting and an interesting epic storyline. But no, the um, the one I was looking to see tonight was called Sarkar, but I think that's not playing tonight. I think it's only playing at 3 o'clock today, which I've missed already. I wonder what else is showing. So you're, what are you doing tomorrow? What's on the What's on the agenda tomorrow? So bike ride in the morning, and then I've just got to tidy up the shed so I can free up some space, clean up the... Um the cupboard space inside the house for my cousin who's arriving. You're going to keep your, your cousin in the in the cupboard? Uh-huh. So I need to make room. What? How does that even work? You open the door and walk inside. Close the door behind you. So why don't Dendi have an app? What is going on? I type in Dendi and I get Dead Trigger 2. Uh, the Dendi app, they I think they even stopped supporting it. They did have one once upon a time. but then, What a joke. Yeah. What year is this? I've got an app. I've got the Chris app. You can buy tickets to Chris. Admittedly, they're $10,000 each and the app doesn't work. But still, that's... Poor job, Mel Gibson. Is Mel Gibson still owned Dendy? Don't know. I thought Icon. Icon films or whatever. Have you seen the trailer to uh, James Cameron's movie? No, what is the movie? 
Alita. Look up Alita. Oh, Battle Angel Alita. He's producing that though, isn't he? He's not directing it, is he? Robert Rodriguez is directing it. Rodriguez made it. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for it. It's uh, based on the anime. Have you seen the anime? James Cameron wrote the screenplay. Well, he wrote the screenplay for True Lies as well, but it's a shot-for-shot remake of La Totale. So Battle Angel Alita is based on an anime and a manga. So he's done the adaption, I guess. Yep. Yeah. The anime is one of the best animes ever. It's very similar. What was that Matt Damon film with the South African guy who did, um, you know, why Elysium. The, sorry? Elysium. Yeah, very similar to Elysium where the poor people are down the bottom and the rich people are up the top, floating above the world. Yeah. Elysium's pretty much a, um, a lift of that whole Battle Angel Alita vibe. Um, and But obviously it's a combination of things because she's like a... Uh, robot or a half robot or something I can't remember the storyline it's a really cool anime I highly recommend checking out the anime before you go watch the film did you watch Replicas? no I don't even know what that is the one with Keanu Reeves it came out earlier this year no I didn't even hear about that it's a sci-fi movie Um, apparently it was supposed to be very underrated I need to watch that I never even heard of that why are they why are they releasing movies without telling me about them? <laughs> Legit, what's going on? Who's, whose job is it to tell me about movies and why haven't they told me about them? Yeah, there's been a stack of good sci-fi movies released in, in, this, in the second half of this year that you've not even heard of because they, they're like indie films and stuff. But um, yeah, there's, there's some good stuff. The best films, I think, are Indian films. Best indie films? Yeah or no? Well, the t- Terminator comes out next year, doesn't it? The reboot. The reboot from three onwards, you mean? <laughs> yeah. I love that he's doing that. That's one of the coolest things ever. If you want to hear something funny, listen to Chris D'Elia talking about that. Um, I still need to play you that. Talking about James, doing... James Cameron calling them up going, yeah, I'm going to do a new Terminator. And they mean Terminator 7? And he's like, no, Terminator 3. They're going to do... And they're doing another final Alien film that comes out next year as well. Final? So Scott's doing. Final? Of the prequels. So it's it's the last of the Covenant ones. <laughs> is that going to be the worst film trilogy of all time as far as high-budget films that are just absolute trash? The last one was... Dude. Average, but oh, much better than the ones before. Covenant <clears throat> is unwatchable. I want to watch that with you and you tell me every single bit that is okay. Because I watched, I, I tried to watch that twice in on planes and I had to stop both times. It's so bad. Come on. I liked, um, what's his face? The, the, the lead actor in that. Who's the lead actor? Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender's good. That's why they put him in those movies to try and carry the absolute train wreck. There's no script. Like they're just... It's watchable. It's a remake though. Like they're just stealing stuff from his own old films which reveal that he really probably didn't make his own old films. Someone else was responsible for them. I'm a big fan of the Riddick franchise. Chronicles of Riddick, I've never seen any of them. I love them. What's the best one to try, the first one? I like them all. I'm just a big fan. The first one's really good. The second one, yeah, they're, they're all good. Yeah. Oh God, they're doing Independence Day three. 
I can't believe they did a second one and no one watched it. It was rubbish. Robocop Returns are going to do another one. Is that a... Is, that's, God. that's not a sequel to the new one, though. That's like a sequel to the old one, isn't it? Apparently. That's a sequel to the old ones. They've completely pretended that new one didn't happen. Guess who's directing it? Dennis Villeneuve. Guess who's, guess who's directing it? Neil Blomkamp. Oh, yeah, I knew that already, actually. Did you? I'd heard it and I'd forgotten it. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that. And I meant to tell you and forgot no, Villeneuve's going to be ha- um, busy with um, Dune. Dune. <clears throat> I wonder if Dune's ever going to come out. James Wan is doing Aquaman. That's pretty cool. That comes out later this year. That's got Willem Dafoe in it as well. Yeah. I never, Jason oh, Momoa. God, I never saw that Willem Dafoe. Uh, Dolph Lundgren's in it as well. Playing How cool what? Is that? Uh, no, he's just part of the cast. Playing, playing the aqua. <laughs> playing the man. <laughs> He's always playing the man. So William Defoe starred as, um, as Vincent Van Gogh in a film called At Eternity's Gate. It's currently at one theater in Hollywood. And when is that coming out in Australia? Machete kills again in space. <laughs> really? I've. You know what's fucked up? You haven't seen. I've him. never seen any. There's so much fun. It's just classic Rodriguez, just action, insanity. It's, yeah, brilliant. That's a good summer movie, actually. It's kind of thing you... I you, need to you see those. Sort of kick back and watch at home, yeah. I need to see... No, but this At Eternity's Gate is scheduled to be released on November 16. What? Where's that going to be playing? Adelaide Film Festival... Oh my god. That's coming out. What is the date today? 17th. So this is out. Where is this playing? At Eternity's Gate. Is that a Palace Cinemas? Oh my god. You know who directed At Eternity's Gate, right? Go watch that instead of that flop. What flop? The, the Indian, Indian one. Film. That flopped, yeah. Just wait till it comes out on... That wasn't on my list of things to watch anyway. The Indian okay. one. I was telling you to go watch it. Nah. I'm too busy. I'm not going to do that. I know you're not. You're cr- you you crazy. You don't listen to anything. You're crazy, I- mate. You don't listen to anything that I tell you to do. <laughs> you just listen to me and you go, no. You're like, oh, what does Chris <laughs> recommend? No. Every time you're about to do something, you're like, oh, wait, does Chris recommend it? And then you don't do it. So it's not playing at Palace. So I wonder if it's going to play anywhere. It's directed by Julian Schnabel. You know, the guy who directed Basquiat. Who that? Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Um, Before Night Falls. Myral. I'm keen to watch Replicas, the one with Keanu Reeves. Get a copy of it. We'll watch it together. Hey, have you watched any of your homework movies? Uh, well, Handmaiden was the last one you gave it's me. It's the only one you've watched, Joe. That's it. That's the last one you gave me. Stop lying. It's not funny. What else did you give me? I gave you your name, the anime. You know that. Did you? Sorry, I've totally forgotten about that. That's not funny. You're such a liar. I'm, I'm serious. You forgot, forgot that you had to watch an anime called Your Name. 
I have a terrible memory. Everyone listening who's listened to one more podcast than this one knows that you very much are never going to watch that because you're being a piece of shit about it. I've they watched also three know or four that movies. I have a bad memory, which I'm quite open about. I've watched three or four movies that you've recommended. That's because my recommendations are awesome. That's oh. not fair, Joe. It's not fair. It's not fair. Um, hmm. I wonder if it's playing anywhere in Sydney. I would go to Sydney dude, to see this film. Dude, I'm going to go um, lift some steel before he gets... What time is it? Oh, it's 5.30. That's time for me to go anyway. It's 5.30. So, um, we've, this has probably been the most dedicated, the most concentrated, the most researched, and the most involved podcast we've ever done. Uh, looking for listener feedback, things you liked, things you didn't like. Um, things you didn't like, we're going to do more of. Things you did like, we're going to do less of. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be doing a podcast a day for the next week. Seven podcasts in a row. Uh, if you don't like that, we're going to stop and do two a day. We're going to do a morning one and a night one. And we're going to release 14 podcasts in a week. Some of them are only going to be five minutes long. Some of them are going to be six hours long. Some of them aren't going to be any talking. It's just going to be dead dead air for about nine hours and it's going to be called the silent, silent special. But if you listen to it, there's going to be one word said and if you guess that word, you win a free PS4. So stay tuned for that. Joe, have you got anything to add before we go? I'm hungry. Hungry for what? I'm going to go eat. Oh, I thought you were being rude. I thought you were going to say you're hungry for... Hungry for... Hungry for... Hungry for your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same feeling. <laughs> yeah, that, I think I texted you about that the other day. Yeah, that you just... Um, yeah. I made myself laugh. All right, man. Cool. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, apologies for this being the best podcast ever. It is awesome. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Two in a row. All right. Bye. Bye.